You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a very, very special episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, you get 20% off of your next order. I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL. You can find the show on Twitter at LockedOnVikings. You can send the show an email whenever you want at LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com. And you can also join a number of other communities linked, including the budding new Discord community. If you want to chat on Discord, you can go uh, check out the link in the show notes. And if you follow me on Twitter or if you're on the Discord, you already know what today's episode is. There's a very, very special guest. So most of the show will be a one-on-one exclusive conversation with the legend himself, Chuck Foreman. I'm really, really excited to be able to get him on the show and ask him a whole bunch of things. We talked about analytics. We talked about uh, modern running backs. He gave me his top three running backs. We talked about the Super Bowls, what he wished they would have done differently in the Super Bowls. Uh, So it's an awesome conversation. I'm super, super excited to share it with you. Basically, what happened uh, was I noticed uh, last week on Twitter, he retweeted something from... Greg Coleman, the punter from around that time, who said that the Vikings, in fact, invented the West Coast offense and the 49ers stole it later, which is kind of a funny little braggadocious thing. And Chuck Foreman retweeted it. And I thought to myself, oh, maybe that's interesting. What if we could talk to Chuck Foreman? Are his DMs open? And it turned out they were. So I sent him a DM on Twitter. Uh, He said, please email this address. We'll get it set up. And lo and behold, a few days later, Chuck Foreman is actually talking to me on the phone. So this is a, a really, really cool thing. And it's really fun to be able to kind of call back to that era. Uh, Real quick, I want to follow up on something from yesterday's show. We talked a lot about Kirk Cousins and the 49ers and those rumors. Uh, We finally did get a little bit of legitimate word from Chad Graff. He writes for The Athletic. He is a a much more established reporter. And according to whatever he could dredge up, uh, he said that maybe it's possible that the Vikings trade Kirk Cousins, but that he would be floored about it. And that kind of lines up with my perception, you know, of course, anything is like technically possible, we could all pick up the phone and something crazy could happen, you know, stranger things happen every year. But I don't think that there would be any, there should be any expectation that any conversation even gets to a point where you start really talking about it seriously, versus just kind of picking up the phone and spitballing and hey, you know, is there anything here? uh, Or anything like that. Uh, A couple other quick notes while we're talking about rumors in the Vikings and decision-making and stuff. Uh, On Monday, the Vikings officially promoted Ryan Ficken to special teams coordinator. We kind of talked about that a little bit on Monday's show uh, when it was just reported, but now it's official, so that matters. Um, And also, they've been bringing in some offensive coordinator interviews. They talked to Tyke Tolbert. He's a wide receivers coach in uh, New York for the Giants. He currently works under Jason Garrett, which might uh, send a chill down your spine, but he mostly worked in wide zone own offenses um, and he was actually a Kubiak guy too so it would very much be like a continuity thing he is somebody uh, who has been interviewed now for the OC position and Mike Zimmer said on KFAN that uh, they're going to bring in some more people 
Um, some of this might be like Rooney rule compliance stuff. I don't want to say that it's like only tokenism or whatever. That's all, all obviously something, uh, that I would need to know a lot more about the situation to be able to like credibly say. And I think in my estimation, Clint Kubiak is still absolutely the front runner for the job, but, uh, yeah, there's going to be some more interviews. We'll let you know what happens there as all that stuff comes in. But hey, in a little bit, let's get into this Chuck Foreman thing. Uh, it's a pretty long conversation, so I want to make sure we get into it uh, uh, really quick here. So in just a second, we will hop on the phone with Vikings legend Chuck Foreman. Stick around. The Locked On Podcast Network is your team every day. So on this show, that means Vikings every day, but they also have a general offering locked on today with the legend himself peter bukowski features the biggest headlines of the day all around the world of sports we got you covered here about the vikings but for all sports make sure you go check out locked on today under 20 minutes a day everything you ever need so now without further ado let's head on to the conversation with chuck foreman all right everybody i am super excited to bring you the next part of today's show it is ring of honor famous Vikings running back, Chuck Foreman. Chuck, thanks so much for taking the time to join us, man. I appreciate you joining. I guess before we get into some of the questions that I had, uh, why don't you let people know about your business? Well, you know, we have, uh, I guess it started on, was a Cyber Monday. I was working with a gentleman named Ben Tice, and he, he well, I asked my kids, and they've been trying to get me to do it anyway. Anyway, it's an online store where you can get memorabilia, Chuck Foreman memorabilia, and things like that. And so you can go to ChuckForman44.com and go check it out. We greatly appreciate it. Excellent. Yeah. And I'll make sure that that link is uh, in the show notes if you all want to uh, take a look on that. So I, I guess I, I want to start with um, the, the teams that you played for were so dominant. And I guess I'm just curious, like, what is the vibe on a team where you know you're going to set up and just absolutely destroy everybody that comes in? Like, what what is the, the locker room vibe on uh, on a team like that? You know, for me, uh, of course, I got to the Vikings. You know, they were already established as a winning uh, team. Of course, they had the Purple People Eaters. And then mm -hmm. I guess Fran came a year before I got here. And um, But, um, you know, they had Joe Cap. You know, these, you know, I was in high school and they were really hitting on there all, when they started taking off. But anyway, um, you know, they had a bunch of great players here that pretty much set the standard of what was uh, required and what was expected of you uh, when you got here. So we had a lot of good people to follow, and they set a good example. And, you know, they they came, and they came to play, and they came to win. So, you know, that kind of rubs off on you. And I'm fortunate enough to play on, on teams with uh, a lot of guys like that. And, and it rubbed off, and it showed, except for when we got to the Super Bowl, we just, seem to not be playing on our playing our best game right yeah that's that's how it goes it's tough but i guess i want to move to some of the more modern uh questions here because i'm really curious as to your thoughts of some of like how running backs are used in today's nfl you know a lot of them kind of looked like you were but that was revolutionary like they're receiving backs and they get involved in other ways but the contracts are kind of small comparatively, so I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I'm, you know, I don't know contracts the way I look at it right now. Are all big compared to what I got yeah, as the twelve player, twelve player picked in the whole draft, and I got a fifty thousand dollar bonus and twenty six thousand my first year, twenty eight my second. 
Mm-hmm. I thought I had money, but you know, no, these guys are doing well. But you know, the for me anyway, my you know, a player of my not going to put skill set, let's put it like that. Sure, was not appreciated or valued from because I brought a whole different type of game into the NFL when I came. I was a runner receiver, and the only thing, the only part of your game they gave you by is how many yards you had from the line of scrimmage. Everything else I did was thrown out the window. Uh, you know, wasn't even considered a part, you know, because I was a fullback. And so when they look mm-hmm. at fullback, of course, they look at rushing yards. They never looked at all the other things you bring to the game. Right. And so for me, you know, um, I guess I wasn't, you know, wasn't fully appreciated or, or they, people then, they just didn't consider that back then. They looked at your yards from scrimmage, but now, Fortunately, you got a lot of multi-talented, multi-purpose backs, and you know they're starting to get uh, their their fair their, their recognition, which is long past due. Yeah, and and that's awesome. And I guess in that same vein, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Give me your top three backs in the NFL right now. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you the ones I like, and all of them are multi: Kamara, Cook, and McCaffrey. Perfect. And then I like, of course, I like you know the big guy from. You know, from Tennessee, you know, they got several other ones, you know, but uh, those are my three. And obviously, reason being, you know, they're multi- multi-purpose backs. And I think you get a lot more out of your offense when you have a back like that. And that that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I guess explain more about that, about like when you use a, a running back as kind of a multifaceted weapon, like schematically, how, like explain for the, the slow learners in the class. Yeah, well, first of all, you know, you, you're going to be an every down back when you're a multi-purpose back. Because one of the things you're going to have to do, you're going to have to be able to pick up a blitz. You're going to have to be able to do all the things that are recognized when you're coming out of the backfield, where the middle linebacker is flowing and all that type of thing. you got to be able to do that. In order to be on third down, you, you've got to be able to do everything. And so and then you have a lot of guys that, you know, that are one, one dimensional and they are pretty much first and second down backs. You know, they, they're not even in the game on, on the most crucial down in the game. And that's the third sure. down. And so when you get to, but when you, when they come and they want to, for me, when uh, they were setting up a defense to, to stop us when I was playing, it was pretty much you shut down Chuck Foreman, you shut down the offense, you know, and so <clears throat> that was the way people defended us, especially. I mean, I mean, uh, the only time they stopped us is when we changed up some of the things we did, and usually that was in the Super Bowl. But um, mm. you know, when I think when you're a multi-purpose back, it gives you a lot of different options. You know, you, you know, when you come out, you got to run. You know, the run pass option, you got that going. You got the when you got a guy that can run it and catch it, you know, the defense has to, you know, they don't, you can keep them kind of guessing. And then, uh, you know, I think it gives you a lot more options offensively coming out of the backfield, getting the guy in the slot. You know, there's a different, lot of different things you can do that you don't have to worry about when you're a one dimension, when you have a one dimensional game. I guess that's what I'm saying. You look at Baltimore, you look at Tennessee, pretty much one dimensional. They, you know, they can sure. throw the ball, but you know their game is run, and run all the time. And when they run down, when their run game is going, it's hard to stop. But they're not a team that can come from behind. You know, they they're a type of team. They want to get ahead of you, and once they get ahead of you, 
then they can continue to do what they do. Um, <clears throat> and that's to dominate the game, the game clock and, and, you know, take in and dominate the game that way. So, right. And the, the pacing yeah. and all that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of uh, stuff I want to follow up on with that and a couple other things I want to ask you. So if everybody will stick around, we will uh, we'll, we'll keep this conversation going in just a second. It's Super Bowl week, and that means that there are prop bets to be had, both on-field things, who scores the first touchdown, how many yards will Patrick Mahomes get, all that stuff, but also some of the famously silly things, like how many times the broadcast will show Giselle Bunchkin, or which word of uh, many Tony Romo favorites will he say first, like Blitz or Reed. You can even bet on the coin flip if you're truly degenerate. And whatever you want to bet on, bet online is the place that has you covered. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code locked on, all one word, to receive a 50% welcome bonus. That means if you deposit 100 bucks, you have 150 to play with. With your first deposit, when you sign up at betonline.ag, betonline, your online sportsbook experts. But gambling isn't always the right idea, especially when it comes to your vehicle. You don't want to be taking any chances there, especially in the winter. Make sure you have a scraper. Make sure you have everything you could possibly need in your car in case something happens. If you spin out, if you, you blow a tire or something like that when it's cold out, you definitely don't want to be messing around with that. So to make sure you have all your supplies, make sure you head over to rockauto.com. They have an unbelievably expansive catalog. Just enter your year, your make, your model, and they'll get you set up. And because they don't give different prices for retail customers versus like wholesale customers like mechanics, you can actually save a buck compared to their brick and mortar counterparts. So head on over to rockauto.com and in the how you heard about us section, let them know that Locked On sent you. If you don't, I'm going to have to bite the bullet and learn how to code. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Now we haven't talked a ton about the draft on this show and if you're into a little bit more draft discussion... Check out Wednesdays on Locked On NFL, where Tony Wiggins and James Rapian are joined every week by a Locked On draft expert to talk prospects in the upcoming draft, and young NFL players fresh in the league as well. They'll talk about the big rookies from 2020, the upcoming rookies in 2021, and everything that all these teams need. Get everything you need Wednesdays on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast. Now let's get back to Chuck Foreman. All right, we are back with Chuck Foreman, Ring of Honor running back for the Minnesota Vikings. And I, I guess I want to follow up on something uh, that you said earlier, which was what, when you talked about like what you guys changed in the Super Bowl, uh, not to dredge up old memories, um, right. but what, what were those changes? And I guess what would you have like done differently or at least like suggested that they do differently? First of all, I would have done what we did to get there, first of all. What we sure. did, we changed up a lot of our offensive sets and things like that and some different looks and you know to me uncomfortable instead of mm -hmm. uh doing what we do best we you know, my interpretation of was that we can't do that because they have this guy and my whole uh, thought process well wait a minute they may have i'm just throwing out names they might have joe green they might have lc green these are just people i'm just throwing out but, sure, sure, sure. you know, I got Ed White and I got Ron Yerry and I got people, Chuck Goodrum, and I got people like that, too. And that would, yeah. would offset that. So to me, anybody that they came, uh, that, that they had that was going to defend us, always thought we had somebody that could offset that. Instead of trying to outguess them or try to outfinesse or do some crazy formations, 
You know, mm-hmm. go back at them physical and do the things that we did to get there. Instead of, instead, you know, I, I always thought I, I was always uncomfortable with uh, the, the game plans that we put in during the Super Bowl. Man, yeah, that's really interesting. You, you're trying to kind of zig where they zag when maybe you just should have should have met them head on. Yeah, you know, just went on and did what you had. You know, lose with what you got. You know, that's my my thing. <laughs> right. You know? If you're going to yeah, stop us, you know, and then, and then we came back the following year, especially against Pittsburgh. We played Monday Night Football and beat the crap out of them. So, <laughs> you know, it was the same identical team. But we were back at doing what we did the best. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, that, that makes a bunch of sense. Um, so I guess in a kind of a similar vein, I feel like there's a lot of push nowadays to kind of move away from the running game, even if it is what you do best, you know, looking at a team like like what you talked about, the Ravens or Titans, they run the ball really well, but people still will say, like, the, the people will say that the Titans lost their playoff game because they ran the ball too much. And I guess, it, what are your thoughts on that in the kind of modern passing first NFL? Well, I get, you know, when you get behind and you have to, you know, play catch up, that's a difficult offense to execute. Uh, but, you know, it's, you know, you be damned if you do, be damned if you don't. You know, people want to, you know, sure. you know the game has gone to be, the game is pass-oriented for the most part nowadays, you know. Um, whereas before, when I came through, it was uh, dominate the clock, dominate the ground game, and you win. <clears throat> now, you know, they, you know, they put a lot of points up on the board, you know, through the air. And mm-hmm. that's where the game is gone. It's it's more, um, you know, passing game now than it was uh, back when I played. Yeah, and I wonder if like analytics has a big part of that. I wonder if you have any thoughts on the kind of the revolution, the spreadsheet revolution, as some people call it. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Some of them make sense. Uh, depends on your personnel. You know, if you got that type of personnel, you know, darn right. If I got a great quarterback, yeah. a really good offensive line, and I got third or fourth down, I need one yard, two yards. Yeah, I'm going for it. You know, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes I might go for it when we know, you know, backed up a little bit. If I if I believe in my guys, and depends on the, you know, if we're behind in the fourth quarter, a couple minutes, three, four, five minutes to go, I'm going for it. You know, so you know, I guess it depends on your personnel, and uh, and some of these people have, you know, hey, when you got a quarterback, you got that line, you got the people that can get it for you, you go for it. I I agree with it. Yeah, it's, uh, I like that uh, oh, aggression. I like the gamble. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, the gamble. So earlier, I asked you about your top three backs. You said uh, Kamara Cook and McCaffrey. I got to get your your Dalvin Cook evaluation. Give me the Chuck Foreman explains Dalvin Cook. Well, I, I, I've always, see. You got to remember one thing. I've been knowing about Dalvin Cook since he's been in high school. I mean, I got friends that coach high school down there, and they mm-hmm. always, you know, we talk about. Florida football and all the young guys coming up and, you know, him going to Miami Central. There's a lot of guys that came out of Miami Central prior to him that were great running backs and all the running backs. But anyway, they would always, they would they'd, uh, tell me about this guy, you know, at Dalvin Cook. And they said he's one of the best they ever seen coming out of Miami, if not the best. And they've had some great ones come out of Miami, believe me. And, um, yeah. of course, he went on to Florida State. We wanted him at Miami. But, you know, he's, uh, first of all, he, you know, one of the things that people, you know, he's not, the, you know, I, I guess he must be about 5'10", 5'11", maybe. He wouldn't be called one of your bigger backs, but he's certainly one of your tougher backs, and he can certainly stay mm-hmm. in 
And like I said, the thing about being an every down back is you're, is he third down capable? And that means can he yeah. stay in, pick up the blitz, go out for the pass, be in the passing game, do all the things that he needs to do. The quarterback, is he going to be able to see that thing? Is he going to be able to see, you know, to be able to make that adjustment? You know, if there's an option, he knows when that linebacker is lining up there. And if he's going to come, he knows he got to stay in and at least chip him a little bit and get out in the lot. In the, and there's a lot of things that come with it to make you an effective, um, to me, all-purpose back. And it's uh, Dalvin for me and all the great, really fine runners they've had up here since I've been here. You know, I guess I'm a little partial, you know, because, yeah, of course, you know, you know, being a Miami guy and knowing people and knowing them, a lot of my friends, coach against him and coach knew about him. And we always tell me about him and I'm like, okay. And then when he gets up here, you know, cause you know, the second round draft choice, he gets up here and, um, you know, he's everything they said he was and probably yeah, a little sure. more. Oh yeah. You know, he's tough. He's, you know, um, and I think he can do it all. And everybody says, well, they're going to burn him out. Well, guess what? Then, you know, we want to get burnt out. <laughs> you know, just huh, yeah. use me until I can't run anymore. But the good thing about these guys now, you can run them and they can do, you know, and and, and if you, if they get burnt out, they get, they'll get burnt out. Then they're going to live a life, a very comfortable, rich life. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure you like won't me, have complaints. You get, you get burnt out, you get to go get a job, and you get to, you know, get yeah. get to make another path, another way. So, but, sure. and so do they, but I'm just saying it's a difference, and um, I don't think you could ever go to any running back, and he'll say, don't give me the ball. He's going to say, no, just keep giving it to me. And then when you get that label as a third down back, that means you're only in the game because they don't have anybody that's of that's all-purpose bay. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of sure. like a slap. If you want to be a great, great bay, you got to play every down. Absolutely, and have that, that versatility. I, I have a couple of uh, sort of geekier questions for you, so don't be afraid to get into the weeds with me here. But I saw, I think it was like Greg Coleman or somebody of, of, your, uh, of your era in the Vikings was talking about how the Vikings ran the West Coast before it was called the West Coast. I saw you retweeted it. Can you explain that? Well, when I got here, that's when the West Coast offense was created. Jerry Burns, Fran Tarkin, and myself. Um, gotcha. Greg Coleman was a punter. <laughs> you know, yeah. And so, but he was on the team when we were running the West Coast offense, and then they, well, we were, we called it the Purple offense. That's what it was called by. That's what we called it when Jerry put it in. And then, um, <clears throat> you know, next thing we know, San Francisco has all this success with our offense, and then they start calling it the West Coast offense. <laughs> same <laughs> so offense, kind of, same principles, kind of and like, everything. Yeah. So it's our thing. <laughs> But somebody else took the credit. That's so I incredible. You, I told you. I told you. We didn't get credit for anything like that back in those days. You know, I mean, certainly I made five All Pros and two MVPs, but you know, the recognition yeah. part of it, as far as you know, being you know a dominant offensive weapon, you know, I don't know. I don't. You know, I, I know you just don't get that credit. They, it was more yeah. one-dimensional. A guy, a guy's. A, they looked at the one-dimensional side of a guy, not the uh, the total skill set of a guy like myself. 
Right. They only looked at the things that, you know, showed up mo- most easily on the stat sheet versus everything you, you did. You know, fullback is a guy that's supposed to get, you know, one or two yards or tough yards. So, right. like, yeah, I played Cloud fullback, but I got the when they wanted the long run, uh, they gave it to me. When they wanted the short run, they gave it to me. When they wanted to throw the ball, they gave it to me. So, <laughs> you know, it was just like you had everything wrapped in one. So, but you just got credit <laughs> for being that one that one thing they could recognize a fullback as, and that's too bad for me, but I'm glad I did it. Yeah, all right. So last question, then I'll let you get out of here. Um, okay. So I, I love to kind of evolve the way that I watch the sport. Whenever I get to talk to a player, I love to kind of have them teach me something that's sort of, you know, 101, 201 level stuff. So when I'm watching a running play in uh, in the NFL, I want to decide, did that running back make the right read? What should I be looking for, for like how running backs like go through their reads in terms of picking a gap? Well, first of all, I, it's run vision is what we call it. You right. know, I know a lot of times, you know, coach say, well, you know, you, they set up a blocking scheme for it to go one way, but you see something different. And then you're going to go where your eyes take you, that is to the open space. And so I, I can only say that, you know, a, a great runner, when he gets the ball, certainly like you got a strong right or something, then you could say, for instance, we have this thing called a 34 outside. It means a three back, which is me being a fullback, is going to start heading to the four hole, which is right off tackle. But we used to call it strong right, 34 outside, which meant that I could either go to the four hole, okay, or mm-hmm. I can read it and had the option to jump outside or do whatever I wanted to do. But that's called run vision. So you have an mm-hmm. area where you're supposed to go to, but if, you know, and sometimes it might even break back inside, you know, depending on where your linemen are taking their guys. And so what we always wanted to do was to follow the block. And then go and, and like I say, run vision. You know, you go where you start, start out where you're supposed to go, but something might open up um, someplace else. So you, the great runners have great run vision, like Cook, like McCafferty, like mm-hmm. Kamara, and then a whole bunch of other ones too. But I'm just saying those are my sure. favorites. Sure. Yeah. And that, honestly, that sounds similar, at least in progression to what you would call like outside zone today about the same thing. You could bounce it, you could bend it back, you could go up the that what like that four hole, that off tackle hole. Like I say, man, you know, a runner, you head to where you're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. You really don't know where you're going to go until the boxer, until your offensive lineman on the block and then you do what you yeah. got to do. That's when your yeah, and then, comes in, your skill set comes in, you know. And that's, yeah, that, that instinct and everything. But hey, I've taken up plenty of your time. So again, uh, if there's anything else you want to plug, let people know where they can find, uh, again, your your uh, memorabilia business and all that. If you want to go to my store, it's chuckformer44.com. Uh, it's, it's, we got a lot of great items out there. So why don't you come on in and check it out and, you know, and, and uh, you'll enjoy what we have. Excellent. Chuck, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. All right. Thanks a lot, man. All right, that was a whole bunch of really awesome stuff. Now, I know that I promised the listeners that this would be Cap Week. We have now, it is now uh, Wednesday, and we have not talked much about the Cap at all. So I do have a whole bunch of like Cap based shows that I've been wanting to do. I was going to cram them all into this week. They might flow into next week now. I hope that's okay with you. Tomorrow, we'll definitely talk about some Cap stuff. I'll talk about some of the restructures, and I'll also pitch a Daniel Hunter contract that would probably make him happy uh, and also help the Vikings out with their cap woes as, as well. It's possible. I'll explain all that. 
on tomorrow's show. This episode was brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using diamonds only responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique limited edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL. The show's on Twitter at LockedOnVikings. You can send an email to LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com. And of course, make sure you join the Discord and all the other stuff linked in the show notes. I'll see y'all tomorrow, and as always, Skull.